You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Brother, what a great intro. In fact, I don't think I've had a better intro in all my life. I didn't know whether I was supposed to do the Rocky thing right there or if I was to do the, the Joe Biden trot up to the microphone. I didn't know which one I was going to do, so I didn't do either. So good morning. Good morning. It's great to be with you here uh, this morning. And um, I just uh, want to thank Pastor Ben for having me here this morning. And um, Gateway Church family, thank you so much for your prayer and your financial support for many years. We're totally grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This morning, we're going to be talking about a very sensitive subject, the sexual exploitation of children. I'll be focusing upon uh, not only the domestic child sex trafficking, but also the untrafficked um, sexual abuse that happens often in the home. Some of you may feel uncomfortable talking about this this morning, and that's okay. But, um, but we need, church, we need as, as a church to become comfortable with, with the world and what's happening in the world and be able to talk about it. Because when we can talk about things, then we can, um, in fact, that is the number one um, uh, method to, uh, to healing is through talking about situations that have happened in our lives. Domestic child sex trafficking in America which is the domestic, is, um, is more of a warning and a, an awareness ministry. There are um, law enforcement that is out um, uh, eradic- or not eradicating, but um, extracting kids from sexual um, uh, trafficking rings. In fact, I just read about one this morning, 27 kids somewhere. Um, I don't know if it was Ohio again, or, but, is a, but is a very... Um, but so anyway, it's it's a it's awareness program. So our goal is to um, uh, equip and expose and empower the public with information, awareness, and tools to identify the trafficked. We are equally concerned with abuse that occurs in the lives of untracked sexually abused children, and our goal there is to bring them the uh, wholeness, hope, and um, freedom. When I say child sex trafficking or childhood sexual abuse, I am referring to kids 17 and under. So church, America has a horrific problems. The United States is the number one nation in the world for commercializing sex with children. Does that surprise you in America? Um, it surprised us as well. Um, we witnessed it in China. We witnessed it in Thailand. Witnessed it in uh, Thailand, India, a lot of the Asian countries, it, uh, we have, uh, it, we've witnessed it. And it's, it's broken our heart and probably one of the reasons we're doing what we're doing today. But uh, while both, well, it's true that both boys and girls are, are um, trafficked, it's nine times more prevalent with girls, especially the sexual aspect of girls. Boys, sometimes it's the labor trafficking with the girls almost 100% of the time. It is, um, it is sexual trafficking. So Pastor Drew did a great job, but he didn't tell us everything. He didn't tell you everything. 
I'd like to share a little bit of our background. Both Sharon and I were sexually abused as children, which has led us to this point. We started a ministry named Unbound, and our table is out here. If you want to stop by afterwards, I'd love to chat with you. And, um, and it's bringing freedom. This is our tagline. It's bringing freedom to those who have been sexually trafficked and um, sexually abused. God has asked us to share our story of healing and redemption and to be a voice for the voiceless because it's only 5 to 10% of all victims of either type of sexual abuse um, ever talk about it, ever mention to, to it. They don't report it, and they don't talk about it. So I was, I was abused at six years old, and uh, it was by a uh, babysitter, 16-year-old female babysitter, and I won't, um, I'm, I'm going to be sensitive, folks, so, um, but, so I won't get into too much detail. It's just that um, she came to our house, and, um, and, and she molested me after, and again, I said I won't, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of going back and forth on what I should say here. So uh, I may be a little bit hesitant, just trying to be sensitive. But, um, but she uh, abused me almost all summer. She babysat for, for my brother and I all summer. She would actually lock him outside, and then she would um, then she'd keep me inside, and, um, and basically I would, I would get undressed, and she molested me. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't think it impacted me at all. However, it did. Ten years later, it led to a pornographic addiction as a teenager. I thought that was normal behavior. It's what guys do. You know, we look at magazines. We, we do this. We do that. And I figured it would get better or that it would just stop. Instead, it only got worse. Let me be as clear as I can. Pornography is the fuel that drives all sex trafficking. It is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. If anyone is buying or watching child porn, they are supporting the sex trafficking industry. Those children are being sex trafficked. And it doesn't necessarily um, uh, look like someone expected to where, where you, uh, a white van uh, pulls up and, and grabs a child, throws them in the back of the van, and takes them across state lines. Most of domestic self-trafficking is, uh, occurs like this. It's, it's through pornography, or it's acting out pornography, or it's luring. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. I discovered how much it affected every area of my life, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and relationally. I was emotionally detached. I didn't feel. Still, I didn't talk about it. I kept it a secret. The obvious outcome was that my relationships suffered greatly, especially my relationship with Jesus and with my wife, Sharon, my wife. You know, the things that we can't or won't talk about often control us, don't they? By not talking about it, the, the trauma was controlling me. Sharon's story was different. She was introduced to, uh, to sex at 10 years old at a girlfriend's sleepover. And again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, try to be very sensitive on this. It, she was actually uh, with her girlfriend who wanted to try some things with, with Sharon that her aunt had taught her. And uh, then afterwards, um, it, it turned into a, like a classroom thing with, um, with uh, 
with her girlfriends, and she, that's when she stopped going. However, um, a few years later, she was abused by her father and by two of her seven brothers. Here's a key point, and I've already mentioned it. We need to talk about it. Only 5 to 10% of abuse victims ever uh, tell someone or talk about it. Another uh, key point is that every sexualized or sexually traumatized person, without exception, needs counseling. Don't live in shame, guilt, blame, or anger. Seek help. St uh, statistic that backs this up is that the average age of a childhood sexual abuse victim is 52 years old. So if, it's st if childhood stops at, at 17, and she was and she was 52, and that's or, or the average age is 52. That's 35 years of someone carrying that burden or that that uh, stress of having been abused as a child. So what is sex trafficking? Here's the official definition: the forced commercial sexual exploitation through buying, selling, or trading their sexual services, which occurs when someone uses force, fraud promises, coercion, or all the above to cause a minor to commit a commercial sex act. What is a commercial sex act? Here's another definition. Sexual performances like prostitution, pornography, and other sex acts done in exchange for any item of value, such as money, drugs, maybe a cell phone, alcohol, makeup, shelter, protection, clothes, this is what makes it a commercial sex act, is the, is, the, um, is the business aspect of it. In layman's terms, I would say it's one of the most uh, horrific, unspeakable, evil violations of our children in our communities, in our state, and in our country, in every other nation of the world. I'm going to throw a few statistics at you that are shocking. Are you aware that the average age a child becomes involved in trafficking is 12 to 14 years old? The average lifespan of a trafficked child is seven years. The sad truth is they die. Physically, they don't make it. Their bodies just give out. It's either from overdose or disease or suicide or a violent crime. Statistics reveal that out of those who do survive, only 2% ever receive the counseling or the help necessary to function again in society. And of those 2%, very few marry or are able to have children due to the physical or emotional trauma that they have endured. But by God, healing is possible, and that's what we are striving for. The question needs to be asked, how did our country get to this point? Unfortunately, today, today many of our children ha are being neglected in our country. We have become a fatherless nation. I'm not talking about physically absent fathers. I'm talking about emotionally absent fathers, which I can relate to, which by default leads their children into the arms of others. Guys, this is primarily our issue. 90%, 96% of the perpetrators are male, and the average profile of a, of a perpetrator is a married father over 40. Married father. Fathers are involved in sex trafficking even though they have kids of their own. It's hard to understand, isn't it? Our kids have heart wounds, and predators recognize their vulnerabilities. Traffickers intentionally learn about their victims' deepest desires, needs, and wants. Traffickers meet those needs. It's not the material needs, but rather it's the emotional needs. All children need to believe they are special. 
vulnerable or valuable and know that people care for them. We need to build up our sons and we need to respect our daughters and honor our daughters. They need to believe they are wanted and needed and girls are especially vulnerable in this area. It's so easy to gain access to a girl's heart because that is where it happens. You know, it's in her heart, that's where it happens. It's just so easy to romance her. It's just so easy and it's private. It's an epidemic and it's preventable. Dad, if your daughters don't have you active in their lives to protect them and show them respect and tell them how beautiful, precious, and loved they are, they will look for and find those words and those feelings somewhere else by someone else. Recently, um, this, um, we, had a, a, we had this experience in, in our family. And um, one of our grandsons not, uh, notified us or talked to us that one of his cousins had, had posted some um, pictures of her in, in her underwear uh, posted on Instagram. And um, she had oh, 500 posts in a short time, and that's at least 500 strangers, classmates, whomever, that were lustfully looking at my 14-year-old daughter. And let me tell you, that hurts. It hurts a lot. We were told about it, and we informed her parents and expressed our concern. Parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, family friends, we need to stay involved in our kids' lives or our nephews' or grandchildren's lives. America has and still is objectifying women. The lie is that women are simply objects to be used for a myriad of purposes, and the self-image many girls have of themselves makes them extremely susceptible to trafficking. And guys, that really goes to us. I've got seven girls out of the eight kids that we have, and um, it is so important for, for me and for other fathers to build up their daughters and show them how valuable they are. And especially through the teenage years, in the awkward years, they, um, they're looking for attention and they're looking for love. Today's yeah, today's strategy is to lure and entice our girls on Facebook, Instagram, Google, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and many others. Are you surprised at that, that that's the strategy out there? That is the strategy of sex trafficking. Don't be shocked, it's everywhere. In addition to TV shows, movies, magazines, and other sexually graphic media, social media plays a huge role in desensitizing our kids and grooming them for sex trafficking. It's strategic and it's organized. Did you realize that there are 12 million cases or examples of pornography that is solely targeted at children on social media? I wish I could give you a red-faced emoji right now, but it just makes me so angry. It should make us all angry with that righteous anger, of course, but, but be angry about this. Parents, get in touch with what is happening. Do your homework, know your enemy, and the enemy is not your child. Would you rather take preventable measures now, or would you rather see your child appear on a billboard somewhere or on a milk carton? Do the work, parents. Investigate the dangers. Protect your kids. Let's talk about gaming. Let's talk gaming. Gaming is also social media. I believe that, often, that every kid from 7 to 17 year, years old are playing 
games 24-7. It seems 24-7. You ever gone into a restaurant and seen a whole bunch of kids sitting there t at, at a table? And they're all on, they're all on their devices. And, um, and they're texting back and forth. Or the, the new term, the, the sex thing that goes on between kids. They're, they're inter often uh, interacting with strangers online. It is part of the neglect. Parents are unaware that their kids are in their rooms playing online games with people they are profiling and that are profiling and recruiting them. Have you ever looked at the content of these games? Anybody a gamer in here? You probably won't admit it now. <laughs> in, in the games, not all games are bad. It's fun. You know, I'll play, I'll play, what do I, solitaire? <laughs> that's, not, that's not their games. But, uh, but it's full of porn, nudity, violence, and online interaction with predators targeting children and building profiles. Many people say, even parents, the games are animated, not real. They are harmless. Do you think animated cartoons are harmless? So what if it is an animated child sex, nudity, or violence? It's evil and it's wrong. It still appeals to kids that are often naive to this material. They don't even have, know the impact that, uh, that it's having on them, but they know what it's doing to their body. It knows what it does to their, they feel it. They're feeling it and they don't know what they're feeling. They're not ready um, for that. I have another story that, that is in our family, and that it, it, one of our uh, family members uh, developed a social media gaming relationship with someone in Texas, and they became friends. The reason I said someone is because we never really know if that someone is really who they say they are. The reason I said uh, it could be a boy, it could be a girl, it could be a man, or it could be a woman. He would talk to his friend about his personal life, his parents, where he lives, and other information, which allowed a trafficking recruiter to build a profile. It's so easy. While we were living in Missouri, we asked, he asked us if he could stay with us for a day on his way to Texas. We didn't know any of this other stuff at the time. He was traveling from the Detroit area, and he needed a halfway place to stop. We asked him what he was going to do in Texas. He said he was going to meet up with his friend, the one that, uh, uh, a gaming friend that he had met online. Man, we immediately contacted his parents and, and alerted them. And, uh, and we just think, now what if we hadn't, what if we hadn't alerted his parents and, and had them get involved? Um, what if he hadn't reached out to us and we never would have known? He just would have went. You know, if people only knew, if, seriously, if people only knew that domestic sex trafficking is active in every state and in every zip code and on your street, it's everywhere. Possibly it could be in your own church. Most likely not, but we all need to be aware of the possibility and look for the signs. Gateway, I want you to realize that child sex trafficking is right here in Spring Lake, Grand Haven, and other areas, um, other surrounding towns and villages. The Grand Rapids area is the hotbed for trafficking. Michigan is in the top five states for trafficking. I've heard two and two, the top two, I've heard the top three. I just want to be safe, and, and, uh, and it's, it's at least in the top five. 
Grand Rapids is the number two city in Michigan. So um, what can we do about it? Any ideas? Does anybody have any ideas what we can do about this? I've read from numerous sources, Christian and secular, that the root cause of child sex trafficking and child sexual abuse is what? Pornography. You're going to say, what does that pornography have to do with sex trafficking? What does that have to do with child abuse or uh, untrafficked child sexual abuse in the home? What it has to do with it is, is the acting out of what they've been involved in. And um, it's, it's, um, it's sad. There is no soft porn. They say, well, you know, um, a, uh, just an R-rated movie, you know, it, it may have a little bit of nudity or it may have a few uh, swear words or the themes may be sexually um, laced. And, uh, you know, it may have, it may have um, scenes that are, that are sort of suggestive. Um, but the point is, is that it's not harmless. It is more addictive than crack cocaine and viewing porn releases endorphins or the happy hormones that make us feel good. Porn creates lifelong memories in the brain. The hooks sink deep, and, and uh, because of the happy hormones, porn becomes physically addictive. Like I mentioned earlier, porn is the fuel that drives sex trafficking. Child sex trafficking is also hidden in plain sight. It's evil, it's corrupt, and in many cases, it's protected. There are stories after stories of lawmakers at the highest level being deeply involved in child sex trafficking. Friends, we need to recognize how dangerous and destructive pornography is. I recently heard a statistic that addresses college students. Pastor Drew, you may have heard this uh, from JP at, uh, at uh, North Point. Eighty percent of incoming male freshmen, this is across the, across the country, not just North Point, 80% of incoming male freshmen are actively involved in pornography. 80% of our 18-year-olds our, our heading off to college are, are actively involved. And 40% of the incoming female freshmen are involved. So 40% of the girls are involved, which, which surprised me. But another statistic that kind of follows, follows the pattern is that 20% of co-eds are sexually abused often raped before they, before they graduate from college. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's just a, a pattern that, that's just following the same pattern of the, um, of, of the exposure to the, the amount of um, sex trafficking and just sexual material that, that we're looking at every day. Very few people are trained or equipped to, uh, to extract trafficked girls. We don't have the ability. We can look for the signs, and I've got a whole list of signs out there how we can look for traffic kids, but, um, but then we can contact the authorities. This is, you know, I'll talk about it in a little bit, but this is big business. And um, anybody who goes in and attempts to uh, extract these kids from the, from the homes or the rings that they have now um, are putting their lives in danger, and really most people are not equipped to even know to where to start to extract these kids. However, prayer, awareness, and attentiveness works wonders. This is fighting domestic uh, child sex trafficking. Often, this is what it looks like, is just uh, being aware and, and educating people. 
Sadly, the percentage of rescues is small. It's much more successful to prevent before rather than to rescue after. When school's fully open, we will be going into the schools with the Michigan uh, Youth Alive Say Something Assemblies, and we'll bring awareness to junior and senior high school students. Let's talk about those economics I just talked about. The law of supply and demand. When the demand dries up, there will be no longer a market for the supply. No market, no demand, no supply is necessary. The domestic child sex trafficking industry is big business, is very lucrative. Just in America, it generates 30 to $32 billion in tax-free income. Every child has a $250,000 annual value. $650 a day times 365 days is $250,000 a year. That's how much they bring in. Now, if you do it over their whole entire uh, lifespan of, their, of being trafficked, they will, they will bring in $1,750,000 per child. Between child sex trafficked kids and childhood sexually abused kids untrafficked, one out of four girls and one out of six boys are sexually abused before they reach 18 years old. Some organizations are now reporting one out of three and one out of five girls to boys. It's a growing crisis and it's engulfing our nation. We will not stop child sex trafficking unless it's fought in the home. Parents, educate and warn your kids. Fathers, step up. Men, we hold the key. Listen, your child will not listen to you or hear you if all of a sudden you are going to try and control what they have been watching and doing on their devices. It may be awkward at first to talk about it, but discuss the dangers of social media with them. It's the right thing to do. We can't bury our heads in the sand, and this is true for both parents and kids. Kids are on their phones constantly. They would rather text than talk. Can I get an amen out of that, or is that just my house? <laughs> they are forming virtual relationships that are often filled with fantasy and lies. They have virtual friends with virtual fake friends. Remain aware of who their human friends are. Know who your kids are in contact with. There's a myth that says you can't pick your kids' friends. Here's the truth. You can pick your kids' friends, and we have. Talk to your preteens and children on the dangers of the Internet. Do our younger children really need data plans? What are they watching on the downstairs television or the TVs in their bedroom? And I may be meddling here, but <clears throat> kids don't need televisions in their bedrooms. And I would even say something about, um, about computers, but they have work to do. Definitely put on a, a screen or an accountability, um, have an accountability partner on every device in your home. Ask your elementary kids to see their homework or ask the school to show you what sex education curriculum they use. We have learned of horror stories and what they are used for. We, um, in that uh, they have, they're showing graphic life-size body parts and then explaining to the kids what they're used for. Parents stay connected. That is not their job. It is not some teacher or school, um, school curriculum or a classmate 
to teach your kids about sex. That is your job. And guess what? If they don't get that answer from you, they will get the answer. Did you know that Facebook is working on a military grade end encryption which will make it impossible for law enforcement to extract any data on pedophiles? Good, new, good job, uh, Facebook. Protect the pedophiles and forget about the news. Is this how you imagine domestic sex trafficking to look like? In actuality, it is likely much, much worse. This is what it looks like. It looks like teachers, coaches, custodians, trainers, boyfriends, step-parents, foster parents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What a sad, sad commentary on our, on our society. One person asked me, does snatch and grab really happen, or is that just like in the movies? No, absolutely. Snatch and grab works, and it, and it happens. And yes, it is everything you imagined. The rising trend today is familial sex trafficking. Parents selling their own children. It's, and it's hardest to detect because they don't ask for help. Um, worship band, if you want to come back up. I'm going to tell a story that I'm going to close with. And this story was told to me by a woman in, in Sheboygan. I was in northern Michigan uh, about three weeks ago. And uh, I was at a Wednesday night uh, meeting. And, um, and I got done and she came up to me and, and said, um, let me tell you my story. And she said, um, I was born uh, in a small town not far from here, me and my brother, um, in Onaway. Anybody know where Onaway is? So uh, they said, we're from Onaway. And, um, and our parents um, uh, needed, needed money to repair their car because they didn't have any transportation. They didn't have any transportation with the... Um, uh, to get to work or wherever they needed it for. So what was their solution to get some money? I think they went to the bank for a loan? Do you think they went to family members for help? Sold their kids. They sold their kids to a trafficker. Both of them. Two for one deal. $500. The girl um, said that she was... Um, the girl said that she was uh, adopted when she was, they were immediately trafficked, I'm sorry. They were immediately trafficked when they were sold. And um, she said a, a few years later, the guy was caught, the trafficker was caught. And, and also the parents at the same time were arrested. And, um, and she was adopted by a family in, um, in Mackinac City. And, and I said, I, I had no idea that, that, um, that it would be at this level that we would have um, our kids, kids from the small towns being trafficked. And she said, well, Mackinac City is one of the hotbeds in Michigan. I said, really, Mackinac City? And she says, yes. I said, that's a tourist spot. She goes, that's right. She said, also, it's along the I-75 corridor. So traffic kids are trafficked between, according to her, she works in this area now with the uh, county health department, trafficked from the tip of Florida, Miami, Florida, or the Keys, wherever, all the way up to the Upper Peninsula. I-75 runs right up that, that corridor. And I said, so, so how, do you, how did you gather this information? And she says, 
by by catching the by the state police um, looking for or tracking the cars and their license plates as they come up and down the I-75 corridor. It's being stopped in every state, and I'd be curious that if the if the kids that are being rescued right now are um, are along this I-75 corridor because it's horrendous. So we need to pray for our for our special forces police department and uh, and just rescue for rescuing these kids. It's uh, it's hard to believe that that many kids can be trafficked. So I'm going to close with this: Fathers, come back home. It's a dad's job to engage with his children. It's a dad's job to connect with his sons and reassure them how proud he is of them. It's a dad's job to tell his daughters that they are beautiful, have intrinsic value, and that they have worth. They don't need to hear it from some pervert online. It needs to come from you, Dad. And only when dads play an active role in their kids' lives will we ever see a drop in childhood sex trafficking. Thank you, folks. Wow. Thanks, Craig. I know the Lord is leading you in this area uh, for such a time as this. And this is the first time the Assemblies of God have taken a role on the domestic side uh, in awareness and attentiveness and prayer. And certainly we want to make our families here known uh, or to be aware and uh, to understand the, the difficulties before service, Craig was telling me that oftentimes within a church, uh, I think you said one in four of those that attend regularly on average have been abused uh, inappropriately, taken advantage of. Uh, is that what you said before? Uh, within statistically. And I just want to speak to those that uh, are watching online, those that are here that have, you know, that have had a hard time even being here this morning listening to these stories because you have been taken advantage of. We serve a Heavenly Father that was there right with you, and it's hard to say that, but He wants to come alongside you, and you don't have to live with shame and guilt and fear. And uh, I would just encourage you to share, to uh, find someone safe, uh, meet with a counselor, talk with a pastor, one of, our, one of the pastors on staff, and, uh, or talk with Craig today as you leave. Because we, what, it, what Craig is saying is, what I heard you say is that it starts with awareness, and the best way to end this is to dry up the demand. And, uh, and certainly, Church, we need good accountability online. We absolutely must protect our families, protect ourselves. And, uh, and we have historically used a, an accountability software here at the church, and we've made it available to families for no charge. And, uh, and we have a few families that have taken advantage of that, but we use Covenant Eyes. Uh, my cousin worked for them for years, and uh, it's a great, great software program. I want to pray, and then I want to finish 
and change the direction just, just briefly. But I want to pray for those that have been abused, those that are hurting. And I want to just encourage us to, to really bring this to the Lord and uh, that the Lord will help us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for a Sunday that is very unique, a ministry that is very unique, that is so needed. Lord, I pray for our kids. I pray for our families, Lord, that we would be aware that our the light bulbs would go on. Lord, I pray that we would be safe, and Lord, that we would encourage our kids to love our kids well. And Lord, I just pray right now for those that have been hurt, those that have been taken advantage of. Lord, that you would be the Prince of Peace. You would be their comforter. And Lord, I pray that they would not live with shame or fear, but Lord, that you would be their ever-present help in time of trouble. And I pray for boldness to speak up. And Lord, I pray that we would be a safe place for those that need to talk, those that need to share. Lord, I pray that the enemy would not have a foothold in our families and in our kids. Lord, we pray against this in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that as we leave here today, that as our eyes have been opened, Lord, I pray that we would be advocates. Lord, that we would connect with a ministry like Unbound. And Lord, that it would make a difference. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before we leave today, I do want to just mention that we support Craig and Sharon Metzner. We have for years in China and in India uh, with the Fire Bible Project and now with Unbound. It's a no-brainer. Uh, we want to invest in them as they are really cutting their teeth in this ministry. We pray that Unbound across the United States would just flourish, that God will, will uh, help, uh, help you. The way that we fund missionaries like Craig Metzner is through Faith Promise Support. And this morning, on your way in, every single person should have received a faith promise card. And I know many of you have been praying. Many of you online have been, you have, we've sent these to your homes uh, to consider. And we are prepared today to receive faith promise cards from you. The way we do this is you fill out the one side and then you tear the card. You keep the small portion as a reminder. Put it where you pray, where you do your devotions. Put it on the fridge. Uh, share it with your family. And then you, you uh, tackle that. You turn this portion in for the missions board to be able to look and to decide. And it really helps us as a uh, missions board, uh, for those that are on the missions board, to plan and strategize for future mission support. And, uh, and in return, we have a little gift for every single person that makes a faith promise. And so today, if you are ready to make a faith promise, uh, 
we, you can turn these in at the Connection Center, and uh, Pastor Drew will be there to make an exchange. And this is just a little token of our appreciation. It's a reminder, and uh, you'll get your mind around that. If you're saying, what is a faith promise? I want to encourage you. There are faith promise brochures in the lobby that you can snag and read. It's, it's how we do missions here at the Gateway Church. 100% of faith promise support without question, 100% goes directly to support missionaries like Craig and Sharon Metzner. And the Lord has allowed us to grow in our support, and it's been incredible. And uh, we believe that we are not done. Uh, we're right. We're hovering right around 120. Last week I said we we're over 120, but we've—I uh, was told this week that we've had a couple missionaries come off the field, and so because of attrition, we're just under 120 missionaries supported every single month, and uh, it's incredible. And so above and beyond your tithes and off uh, above your tithes is an offering a faith promise pledge uh, or a commitment. We don't come after you. What we do with these is we use them within the next month and then we destroy them. We don't keep them. We don't come back to you. This is between you and the Lord. And we would love for you to partner with us. We know that some of you are newer to the Gateway Church. And I just want to say it's part of our as you're connecting with us, we want you to come in and to understand what a faith promise does. It, it makes a huge, huge impact, not only in your own life, but for those that are being blessed through faith promise support. And I know, Craig, you could talk about that. And uh, if you have questions about faith promise support, what that looks like, uh, Craig would love to talk with you about that as well. I'm going to ask that everyone would stand. We're going to finish today with a song kind of tailor-made for the topic at hand. I understand that this, uh, for some of you, uh, it was a difficult service to sit through. And I understand that when you consider human trafficking and the realities that are happening all around us, it is sobering. But I do want to say, for those that have been abused, and just in general for our country and for the world, that we serve an amazing God. And this last song talks about that how our Heavenly Father takes things that have been buried and in the grave, those things that are dead, those things that are dark, and when you shine light on them, it turns those graves into gardens. That God, He does miracles supernaturally in and through our lives. And it's a song that will motivate us. What I'm going to encourage you to do is to worship the Lord. Let's think about what we've heard today. And at the end of the song, we will, uh, we will dismiss. In fact, Pastor Bobby, if you just take the, the dismissal, and uh, then at that point, we'll dismiss you from the back to the front, just trying to be safe. We love being in person, and we want to do everything we can to, uh, to continue to be able to do that. Um, and once you leave, out in the lobby, uh, we're going to, of course, make opportunity for you to connect with, with uh, Craig Metzner. But let's be socially distanced. Let's be smart. And then for those that are outside, of course, you can uh, uh, definitely, you know, remove your mask at that point 
and we encourage you uh, to do that. But anyway, uh, let's let's pray. And then, Pastor Bobby, I want you to sing us out and really leave with a message of hope. And because we do serve a God of hope, and He loves us so much, and He's here for us. Amen. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing in our hearts. Thank you for this message. Lord, I pray that as sobering as it is, Lord, that we would fix our eyes on you and Lord, that we would put our trust in you. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Let's worship the Lord. Yes, Jesus, we just thank you for your love. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your redemption, that you have set us free, that our chains are broken in your name. And we pray that we would leave this place as your ambassadors into a mission field of lost and hurting and broken people. We pray that you would go behind us, that you would be before us, that you would be all around us today. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. And all God's people together said, amen. Amen. If you guys want to start putting your masks on as uh, you guys are dismissed from back to front, they'll dismiss you. And again, thank you for joining us today for service. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.